Landon Tombstone Taylor. Physician, scientist, searching for a way to tap into the hidden strengths that all humans have. Then an accidental overdose of gamma radiation alters his body chemistry. And now when Tombstone grows angry or outraged, a startling metamorphosis occurs. is driven by rage and pursued by an investigative reporter. Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The creature is wanted for a murder he didn't commit. Tombstone is believed to be dead. And he must let the world think that he is dead until he can find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within him. What? Uh, now, now, here's a question. Like, I, there's only been a few times that I've actually been available because of my school program. Yeah. Which, thank goodness, it's done. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, short of listening to a few few of your tracks whenever I've had the time, and I gotta say, I love your stuff. Um, so I, I, I get a hint at what kind of things you stand for, mm -hmm. but, uh, I just want to ask you what, what kind of things do you stand for? Is that a little too far off where you were going? Oh, no, 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 no that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, I stand for, uh, skepticism, yeah. rational thought. I also stand for, uh, people not necessarily standing on ceremony when it comes to every fucking thing. Right. Like, yeah. like I, I think that's, that's ridiculous. I, I, I don't like the direction that not just the country is going in, the world in general. I have a very jaundiced view <laughs> you know well, of, of the world in general, and it comes out in my music. Well, when we had, uh, not long ago, uh, we had Graydon Square on, mm -hmm. and we touched about this in the community that you guys have been, uh, you know, representing skepticism, uh, atheism for a long time, and the amount of recognition or even notice that you guys get by the suits, shall we yeah. call, them the, we'll yep. call them the suits, yep. uh, is so dismally small. Yeah, I mean yeah. there there are there are clear exceptions to that. I think there are people that if you met with them, they would immediately want to connect with you. But yep. there's this like you're talking about pre this pretense, this show. Yep. And where's it gotten us? I mean, there are divisions. You know, there are there are real life divisions within our community. You know, oh yeah. Let's just talk about skepticism, and people don't want to admit it. They think that by acknowledging these divisions, they'll become real. But they, they are real. They're already, they're, they're already there. Yeah, and they're already there, and and I'm gonna tell you, there are there are a lot of things that I used to champion that I don't champion as much anymore, simply because I feel as though my contribution to it has been undervalued. Right. Yeah. Um. So there are a bunch of other issues out there that I actually give a fuck about, as it would turn out. So sometimes I t I, t I feel like I need to probably spend a little bit more time talking about that shit. Um. But there are times when, man, like you can't really direct, or at least I can't. I can't really direct my artistry in the way that some people do. I rap about how I'm feeling. Like if you, if if you are someone that follows me on social media and sees the things that I I post and things that I talk about, you can pretty much guess what's going to be on that album on Halloween. You can pretty much guess. <laughs> you know, if you pay attention, you can pretty much guess what type of topics or whatever I'm going to cover because that's how organic it is. I know there are a lot of people, a lot of artists. They completely structure their shit out two, three years in advance 
and they have a certain theme they want to go with and blah, blah, blah. Mine is very organic. So I, when, I, yeah. when I get around the time of the, the year when I start actually creating for a project, because I create all year long, but for a project, it's a different process. Yeah. When I, when I get to that, I'm pulling directly from where my mind or, or sentiment is at that time. And there are certain things that are always going to be mainstays. Like I'm always going to talk complete shit to woo mer- merchants and motherfuckers that, that, that completely disregard rationality, evidence, and, and everything else to put forth these completely stupid narratives. I'm always going to be ragging on them. I'm always going to talk shit to them. Yeah, and I, and, and I, lo- and I love that you said that, too, because we, we, we live in a time, uh, maybe more so in more economically stable areas, where everyone just wants to be happy. Yep. They don't yep. want to face the harsh realities of the world face. outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they contrive little victim narratives that are easy to <laughs> easy to pull apart and solve with little catchphrases and little yeah. campaigns. Yes. Slack yes. slacktivism. And right. and and I don't define slacktivism as, you know, just online activism or what we're doing. I think what we're doing actually has a purpose. Right. But but people who throw nothing more than what is minimally required to, yes. to deal with a problem that isn't a problem. And uh, Dragonbeard and myself have talked to a great number of people in our own social circles. And we've outright told people that you cannot walk through life with a rose with a rose colored view of the world. You want nothing but positivity around you. And you get mad at us when we point out to you that yeah. things are fucked up. Yeah. yeah. But if we don't point out, out to somebody that it's fucked up, then everyone will just let it go. And then finally, once you open your eyes and realize how bad things are, it's too late. Yeah, it's a really irresponsible thing to do. I, 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 feel, I feel exactly what you guys are saying because that's how I feel as an artist. I think it's irresponsible yeah. for someone who, who has the, the ability to influence with their expression to sit on their hands and talk about how sweet the roses smell. Man, fuck that. You know, yeah. like, I, I, think, I think it's irresponsible for me to talk about partying or, or going out to the club or some bullshit like that. Like, to me, that has absolutely no value to me. And it, it kind of reminds me of, uh, I wrote a song, Legacy, which is also on the Sixth Extinction. Yep. Where I start off the song, you know, talking about some people rap for, just for the sake of rapping. That's not what I do. I don't rap for the sake of rapping. I haven't rapped for the sake of rapping since I probably was in my teens. You know what I mean? Like I, like, I feel like my music has to have some sort of substance to it, even if I'm just telling you guys how I personally feel about something or even my own life at the time, what I'm going through at the time. It has to be some substance. I'm not one of those uh, braggadocious rappers who spends three verses talking about how great I am. For the sake of rapping, but I take my time to craft my rhymes so they can make things happen. A culture shift is supposed to lift you straight out your condition, but that's dependent if you really open up your mind and listen. A higher calling than talking about how much I'm balling and trying to prove that I'm the best of all has got me yawning. It sounds so small when these larger issues are haunting, and all the shoes to tackle those, but now all I can see is flaunting. Rappers apathetic, that's probably why they rap pathetic, but it's just a waste of time to argue something, you never get it. For them, it's all about the shine when they spit them rhyme, and never give.
give a thought about the healing of these broken minds I guess it's just a sign of the times we're living in When decadence becomes a culture, that's, that's all that they value in But they can be them, it's really just my observation Carve my own path to navigate through all the devastation Sometimes I wonder about my legacy And if I was to die today, would anyone remember me? Would they play my songs or would they hum the melody? Would they share my thoughts across the world for everyone to see? Sometimes I wonder about my legacy And if I was to die today, would anyone remember me? Would they play my songs or would they hum the melody? Would they share my thoughts across the world for everyone to see? This could be my final album That's boring as fuck to me You kind of try and keep that down to two? At least. <laughs> At least. <laughs> you can go all the way back to uh, purpose. That's yeah. why you had purpose. I mean, uh, for instance, when somebody hones themselves as a physical warrior, uh, it's because they fight for a purpose. Right. Whereas somebody who ends up in prison or are shot by the cops because you go around just fighting willy-nilly. Just because. Just for the just sake of because you like fighting. Mm-hmm. It's, there's, there's a world of difference as to why we do the things we do. Exactly. Exactly. And this is also the reason why you won't, you, you rarely see me do collaborations with other artists except for the same you see the same voices same faces all the time because to be honest i really don't there is an entire uh, a set of uh, certain themes that certain artists focus on completely where i am not compatible with them i am not compatible with their thought process their methodology i'm just not compatible with that so that's yeah. why you don't see me doing a whole bunch of crazy class and believe me i get my more than my fair share of other artists uh, uh, trying to contact me to get on songs with me or get me on their songs. And a lot of times it's like, it's not even about whether or not this person wants to create a great piece of art that we both can be proud of. What they see is, oh, he has an audience. So if I get him on this song, maybe possibly some of his audience will be interested in listening to it because he's on it and then they'll like me too. And I reject collaborations with artists that I think are thinking that way because for me, it's about the art. Yeah. Let, let's let's get this song to sound good. Let's we got a purpose behind us. Let's let's do it. But that whole trying to use me for the little bit of audience that I did manage to acquire over the last six years is a no go. And the, and the moment I sense it, and there's ways I can tell, even with producers that want to slide me beats, there's ways I can tell. If I listen to the, the track and it sounds like nothing you would hear me on ever, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. This is not. This track is not <laughs> about me. It's not about me. It's about you trying to get me on there so you can promote yourself as a producer. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not with it. I'm not down with it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's called, what's the word? Integrity. Integrity. <laughs> Is that what they call it? Yeah. Huh. I'm pretty sure. I might be wrong. Either that or starving artist syndrome, whichever one. It could be that too. You know, I thought I was just being a curmudgeon. <laughs> like, this grumpy well, old bastard just refuses to play ball. <laughs> you know that you've you've taken it too far uh, uh, if you start referring to everyone as muggles who doesn't <laughs> yeah. disagree with you. Well, I'm probably I'm probably almost as bad because I refer to everyone as monkeys. But <laughs> yeah, I'm probably almost as bad. <laughs> like, he's monkeys. We got to get our creationist buddy on here. And <laughs> We're not monkeys. Hey, listen. Uh, you mentioned antihero. Um, yeah. I want to ask you about this now, because a lot of stuff that you, you do in your work, but also you, you talk about in, on social media and stuff like that mm-hmm. could be classified as being negative, right? Yes. From people who yes. like the feel good sort of thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, I don't know if this is inspired by this, but does it talk to you? Does it talk at all about this idea that people are expected to either be the good guy or the bad guy? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reason we even have this term anti-hero, like I, I can kind of relate to this. I have a lot of this because when I talk about a lot of stuff online, uh, it's just not pleasant. Right. Pleasant, right? <laughs> right, right, right. 
it's there though. I mean, this this is the thing. And this is why I know for certain that I am not the bad guy. I know there are people that want to perceive me as such. I've dealt with that too. But I know I'm not the bad guy. I'm a father, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I live a very uh, middle class sort of lifestyle now. You know, like I don't break the law. I don't do the things I used to do when I was a kid. I outgrew a lot of that dumb shit. You know, I don't yeah. man, I don't even smoke cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? So, it, it, yeah, it's, it's I don't even drink. But yeah. <laughs> you got people that would look at my persona and maybe hear the aggression in the music and, and, and look at me like I'm the bad guy. I'm not the bad guy, but I'm also not the good guy. I'm not the good guy because the way they define the good guy, to me anyway, he's a douchebag. Yeah. You know, he's, a, he's, he's, he's looking at the world, rose-colored glasses. He's not nuanced. He thinks that, oh, well, this just trust the system. See, I know better than that. And I understand that why there are people that, that trust the system, because from their experience... It's worked well, yeah. It's worked out for them. But from my experience, usually no. So I, I, and also, I, I think about humans. I don't, I don't have any heroes, which is the other problem. I don't have any heroes. Like, I, I might admire someone's work, or I admire something they did towards a certain issue. But I don't have any heroes. And the reason I don't have heroes is because I expect people to be people. And I know what we are. We are not fallen angels. We are risen apes. I know what the <laughs> fuck we are. You know, so I don't put people on pedestals and go, oh, no, that's Saint such and such. Fuck that. I know better. I know better. So I'm not a good guy and I'm not a bad guy. There's only one other thing that you can call me is an antihero because I'm going to say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done when I think something is wrong. And it may not always be pleasant. I'm, what, what's coming out of my mouth might actually offend somebody. So the fuck what? <laughs> Deal with it. Get over it. Yep. Well, I mean, it, it, it it's a it's a difficult thing to always be on the end of the, being the offender. Yeah. Uh, um. I I I know that uh, a lot of times things that I say can make people uncomfortable, but I generally take a similar approach to you, which is just you know it makes you uncomfortable to know this because deep down you know it's a real exactly. issue. Exactly. Exactly. You know, exactly. You're not and mad. That, you're not mad at me. You're mad. You're mad because I'm pointing out that the world ain't perfect. Right. And don't get me wrong. It's not that I'm. I don't walk the streets with the purpose of uh, sticking a middle finger in everybody's face. And no, I'm very. Anybody that hasn't spent any time with me knows I'm. You know, cordial. We talk. We laugh. This and that. But I'm not going to ignore something that's right there in front of my fucking face, especially when it's affecting yeah. lives. Yeah. It's affecting lives. Like it, it, this is not some um, intellectual exercise. You know. Yeah. Um, so now, I, if I remember correctly, uh, you were a fan of Hitchens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he would yeah. fall very much into this category. Uh, I, what I found is since his passing and all of this social division, like on different issues about mm -hmm. feminism, I mean, anything with social, any kind of connotation of social justice, all the different opinions that people have been shooting back and forth. Right. Uh, on so much of this stuff, uh, the same people who often cheered him on because they only heard him talk about atheism versus religion right. would have hated his guts in this era yep, yep. <laughs> and you know the thing that the, that's the other thing that really kind of pisses me off about this era is that people who have a, a problem compartmentalizing i don't have to agree with somebody 100 percent of the time right. yeah for me not to find their contribution to be valuable like th this is the thing that really fucking it's like a pet peeve of mine now because you got these everybody's taking these sides these ideological sides and there's one thing you know when I first started being a bit more active in the so-called atheist skeptic community, I realized something after being down with that for a while, that that alone 
is not going to be the thing that galvanizes any sort of a communal feeling. It's not, and it hasn't, because the moment, let's, let's, let's take, take the YouTube atheists, because I was one of those. The moment they chased the Christians off and had the Christians on a the run, they started <laughs> eating themselves. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know? And, and that's, I think that's probably another reason why, if you look at some of the content on my Rational Warrior channel, you don't see as much of that anymore. Because one, I have well over 200 videos on there. I think I've covered pretty much a lot of shit. So unless it's some new uh, uh, event or situation that takes place that I feel like I need to comment on, I don't feel like I need to be retreading over old uh, material or content of, uh, or positions I've already stated. I've been doing it long enough now. There's over 15,000 people on that channel. Like, I'm doing it long enough now where people know where I stand about certain shit. But I just noticed how they started eating each other, man. And I realized something. Um, I could care less as much about somebody's religious opinions until they are actually directly affecting people in yeah. a negative way. Right. But I do, I'm willing to be an ally of people who are actually concerned about dealing with the real issues, regardless of what their religious philosophy is. Just don't push your horse shit on me. And don't and don't attempt to make it like yeah. that's the de the default state. That ain't the default opinion, motherfucker. You don't know what you're talking about. And, then, <laughs> and, and, and you know, like that that's that's the one thing that the, the only thing that bothers me about that. But with the with the atheist community, and I always put quotations when I say community. With yeah. that, you know, I, I, I look at it a lot of times. I think about my experience in it and experience I know of other people like Graydon, because me and Graydon fit in this this kind of this little place here that's a little bit unique. I have noticed how there are many, many organizations here who don't fuck with us. And I know why they don't fuck with us. They don't fuck with us for a couple of reasons. One, um, we are when it comes to certain situations, we are the other. We we are the other. I get that. You hold a different point of view or you come yeah, from a different place. Different, and coming from a whole different perspective. Um, the other reason is that I'm not gonna kiss their asses, man. Like, treat me like talent. If you book me to go do your little funky convention, yeah, you be, you better have some money in your budget. Because I could see when I was uh, an unknown uh, commodity or whatever, right. but I've built a, a fan base. Like I, I live off of merchandise sales and, and downloads and CD purchases. I have an audience that supports me. So if you put my name on a on a, a flyer or a poster, then there are going to be people say, "Oh, that's Tombstone." Yeah, you know, I, I'm adding value to your event. It's, and it seems to me, you can tell me if you, if you get this sense at all. The, the number one thing these conventions want to avoid, these organizations want to avoid, is ruffling feathers. Yep. Right? Within yep. their perceived in group. So the ideas of um, one of the things I've pushed, I've been, I'm going to continue to push, is I want to see more formal debates with a moderator. Yes. As yes. opposed to just people having their own opinions and shooting each other on social media back yeah. and forth. Yeah, I right? agree, man. Sit them down when they they can see each other's faces as human beings, right? That's right. That's Have right. a moderator to give them each turns, questions from the audience. Let's acknowledge that we the more successful the atheist or the skeptic community gets, the larger it grows, yep. the more diversity of opinions and backgrounds exactly. we're gonna have. Exactly. And that's a strength, by the way. That that that's not a that's not a weakness. No. That's not. a fucking strength. And I I'm I'm really tired of it being presented otherwise. You know, right. like, like it's a strength that we have varying different opinions because I can learn from someone who, even if I disagree with 90% of his position on a certain topic, I can learn from that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm, 
I'm going to dance around this issue only as much as I have to, but generally mm-hmm. speaking, the, the social justice warriors uh, that have inserted themselves into the narrative of uh, skepticism, atheism, video games, pretty much, well, anything that anybody uh, that we know loves, right. seem to try and create systems of division to create in-group, out-group dynamics, yeah. um, right. and they make it about race. Like, I'm a... I am as creamy as they come, and I'm sitting down talking <laughs> to a hip-hop artist, and I'm having a cordial conversation, right. and and not once did either one of us have to bring up privilege or any nope. of this crap, and I, I feel comfortable having a conversation yeah. with you one-on-one, man-to-man. Right. And, right. you know, if we were ever to have a disagreement about something, I would like to keep it that way. And, exactly. And, and that's the way it should be. But I think a lot of people... Uh, in in my camp, I guess the white atheists feel so, <laughs> feel so the pasty un- ones. The, the paste. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Caspers uh, are really are really afraid to offend anyone who's not a Casper, and wow. and and because well, of the that, wor- the worst thing yeah. is for someone like Tombstone to come out and talk about his experience as a black man, unless he's been vetted first, yeah. and they know he agrees yeah. with them on the core issues. Yeah. I've, I've because, been there. I've yeah. Been there. And, and and see that's that that's that's bullshit because they're the ones inserting race. They're the ones taking something that has no place in a in a discussion about skepticism or video games right. or or anything and making it about race and minorities and everything else. And it confuses all of the issues. It it, it creates tension because and and, and I'm going to ask you a question mm-hmm. in a roundabout way. But have you ever been put into the situation where you have been put on the spot to agree with a position? Um, or not agree with it based on only your race, and you felt like if you answered in the negative, like no, I don't agree with this, that it was going to affect either your personal life or your career because of it. Um, to a degree, yeah. I, yeah. I gave I gave you an example. Um, with the a lot of the police shootings. Yeah. Now I definitely have I have skin in that game. I yep. have been abused by the police as a kid. Yeah. Like I have I have kids that I worry about when they go out here. All of that. Yeah. But there was a situation where they asked me on this uh, program, and my job was the only black person on the program. Oh. They asked me on the program, what did I, did I think about the uh, racial issue between the police and uh, minorities? And I said to them, I don't think it's racial. Now, they wanted me to say that, but that's not what I think, because I think there is a, there is a wall between uh, the police department and the citizens, period. It's, yeah. the, blue, it's the blue wall. Yep. And, the, and the reason I know for a fact that it's not just the case of the white officer um, mistreating the, the black suspect is because I've seen, I've had it happen to me, the black officer mistreating the yeah. black suspect. I've had it happen to me. You know, right. I had, I've had them lie. Thankfully, it didn't, it didn't stick, but I've had them lie. To, so it's not even that. Humanism tends to be a, a topic that has been dominated by old white men for so long. And I think it's wonderful that you're bringing the message of humanism uh, into a community that wouldn't normally get a chance to receive it. I'm not going to talk about said earlier. How is it being received? How is it going? Um, and tell, can you tell me how you're the, the reactions to what music you're doing? Mixed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me tell you, this is what usually happens. Okay. Sometimes people will come up and my community and hear my songs, and they, they're under the assumption because of years of uh, narrative about atheists. 
Does that mean he worships the devil? <laughs> Got mad. And maybe they won't ask me, but they'll ask a mutual friend. Does that mean he believes in the, in the devil? And then I get the other sort that have been questioning this stuff all along. You know, it just didn't smell right. And to hear somebody say it in this format opened them up to be able to ask some more questions and to say, yeah, you know, I've always had thoughts about how it just didn't make sense that all of humanity came from Adam and Eve. That just was too beautiful. And she's a rare woman. Like, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. But they might not question that amongst their family members because as all of you know, there is a price to be paid socially when you come out as an atheist and say you don't believe in those myths. So when I do what I do in my music and they hear some of those songs that talk about that, it kind of opens people up to come to me. You'd be surprised how many uh, non-believers or people that are nudging that way are in the inner city. It's so loud. Because they look at their environment and they go, he loves us? Really? <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And I think they wanted me to go into this whole litany about that. And I actually went in the opposite direction. I told them, when you, when you put that part of it into this conversation, I think it obscures it because now you got people that are automatically defensive. And that's the other thing too, the whole sense oversensitivity yeah. of oh. our society now. Trust me when I tell you this happens on both sides of the political. I've seen it firsthand. I wrote a song that was based on two comic book characters. And one of the characters is a psychotic villain. And I was speaking in, in, in his <laughs> voice. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm speaking in his voice, and I saw someone who I know for a fact, because I went to their YouTube channel, and they had videos on P uh, that was anti-PC culture and anti-sensitivity and all that. One of those same guys got sensitive over something the Joker yeah. said about a joke about white privilege. Mind you, a joke that's been going around in the geek co community for a while. Yeah. That's why I used it. And he got butthurt. Yeah. It's too, it's, I think the other problem is, too, to be quite honest with you, People are using too much shorthand, and they think that that shorthand is nuanced enough to generalize on people. They too, yeah. it's, it's too much shorthand. Even I know, even in my situation, some people, um, you know, that they they love it when I will, for instance, go after a conservative point of view or a politician. Yep. yep. But if I go after someone who's, who identifies as a lefty or a liberal, then mm -hmm. they tend to get really upset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in particular with these people, I tend to get lectured or pushed back when I criticize something about feminism. And it's very much this, what you just said, there's no nuance. Like nope. if they took a second to ask me, you know, a few questions, they would know, I know not all feminists are the same. Right. There's a wide right. variety of them. The ones that are being talked about maybe in the particular issue that I've posted is more specifically what I'm trying to address. And you know what? You shouldn't, you shouldn't have like, just the other, we don't know how to talk to each other anymore. Yeah. They, they know who the fuck you're talking about. Listen, it's one of these things where if I say something about uh, a crooked police officer, they say, here comes someone else going, well, not all kinds. I'm not talking about all kinds. You know what the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about. Right. But, but you, but you want to be nitpicky. And that's to me, is also part of the, um, the PC thing, where they want you to be heavily detailed yeah. in conversations where you don't need to. You know who the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. But it's, I think it's another thing, too. There are too many people that want to be right, but not yeah. accurate. And it's a difference. Wanting to be right. I'm right. Nah, you're you're gonna you know. love I think you in particular are gonna love this. I have something I call the dance monkey dance gambit. <laughs> <laughs> and it is uh it's when you get into a discussion or a, a debate with someone or an argument outright, and they start demanding that you go, Well, we're both skeptic. I'm a skeptic. So <laughs> you give me your information 
And what I've learned is that some people, they have no intention of reading the articles you post. No, they, they don't. No interest in your arguments. All they want is the satisfaction of you doing the work. Yes. Providing the information. Yes. Right. So I don't, it's not that I don't think you should ever do it, but there's sometimes when you look at that person and I'm like, I'll say to them, I'm not your monkey. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't dance for your entertainment. Well, I, I, <laughs> it's that. And it's also the fact that, you know, a lot, a lot of these people, man, and, and this like kills me. This is just jockeying for a position. When, and I don't like those type of conversations where people are jockeying for a position. Like, listen, if you have a point of view, express it. I can either agree or disagree. I could even have um, reasons why I disagree, or I'm still formulating those reasons, but something don't quite sound right. There is a sliding scale of disagreement. But in this new era, it's either you agree wholesale, whole cloth, or you're the, you're the, you're the clan. Yeah, <laughs> like you're, there's there's a sliding scale yes. here when it comes to that. Like some some portions I will agree with, some portions I will not. Some portions I think are unjustified for you to think that, but I'm open to being convinced otherwise if you can show me something that you know it, it, that it actually happens. But my my whole issue, like I said, is that people nowadays want to pick these sides. Everybody does the team thing. I'm on. I'm basically I'm on team fact. Like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a fact, like, I don't care. And yes, I do realize that you can't always apply that metric to everybody's life experience because people experience different things. And especially when it comes to history, uh, people are going to see it through their own filter, depending on what part of the ladder they want, their demographic was on. And I think that there's no, that people don't allow for that. Like, of course, a Warren Buffett or somebody like that is not going to see things completely the way I am. We were on two different ladders looking at history from different perspectives. Like, but I don't, I don't think there's any more allowances for that anymore. I think everybody is on this litmus test. You know, look, you must agree wholeheartedly with the Democratic uh, uh, position on stuff or wholeheartedly on a Republican stuff or you're not that. Well, you know what? I'm not that. Fuck them. Fuck yeah. both of them. Or, How about yeah. that? Why, why, this is what I understand. Trump has basically been, you know, I don't think he's a good candidate, but he's been raised up. By his opponents, yeah. yes, they, they gave him free press. They're yes. always over the top. They're never on focus, right? Right. And it just—it's stunning to me. It's like instead of telling me, like the one I always use is the wall, right, for Mexico. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I've listened to experts talk about why it's a bad idea before I made up my mind, and right. I would say the criticism should be. First of all, it's massively expensive to, to maintain, to build. To, and logistically, yeah, right. It, it'll <laughs> it'll probably be largely ineffective and. Mm -hmm. More importantly than that is that really the government has always had the power to stem the tide of illegal immigrants at the employer level. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> right. And right. There, there's a lack of desire on the federal government's part to, to interfere with that because it's, this is business that a lot of them have a stake in, you exactly. know, in a roundabout way. But instead of saying that, they call him Adolf Hitler. <laughs> right. Dude, like, which is so over the top. You know, it, and again, it's an overstatement. And I hate overstatements. It's like, if you actually attacked him on what he actually said, instead right. of like overblowing shit, you would basically make a better argument. Instead, what you're doing is you're making him look like he's being picked on. Yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. You're making him look like he's being picked on because, especially somebody from somebody like me, because I don't like Trump. I don't like anything about him. I've never liked him. But yeah. So I have a bias, a built-in bias. I've never liked him. But <laughs> I'm willing to admit that. But if someone like me who looks at the facts first, regardless how I personally feel about somebody, I've seen them. It was a New York Times article completely screwed the pooch on this article about him. And I'm like, 
I'm pissed at you, one, because you're overblowing a lot of this shit here and you're leaving out certain things. And we right. find it out later. Leave us a, but I'm I'm even more pissed at you because you're making me have to defend this asshole. Right. Right? Isn't that it's oh man. Well, I, to be honest, at first I thought it was just a joke he was even signing up. And like <laughs> the amount of success he's had has blown my mind. And not it's, mine though. I'm it, I'm not dude. This country here, <laughs> dude, this guy, I, I sometimes look up at Canada and go, no, the shining no, light no. on the hill. No, no, dude, no. you guys are the shining light on the hill. No. Tell you what's going on down here. Dude, we're wow. talking about perspectives, eh? We look good to you guys right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, you really do. We got the, we got the elbow dropping prime minister from <laughs> Maybe he'll give one off the top rope to Trump when he gets elected. You know, to borrow from Nolan, <laughs> to, to, borrow, to borrow from Nolan, you know, Trump isn't the president you guys need, but it's definitely the one that you think he deserves. <laughs> like, holy Dude, shit. I, I'm telling you now, like, I am so, and in, 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 in large part, my view on just the American citizens in general is very jaundiced. Like, there is a level of anti-intellectualism that will not go the fuck away. And this is why I want to know, this is one of the things me and Graydon disagree on. Like Graydon, you guys disagree on anything? Yes. <laughs> is, yes. Is that is that permitted if you're if you're friends? <laughs> oh yes, and absolutely. And you know what? You can see it in our music too. If you listen to uh, Graydon's themes, it's very progressive, forward. Like we're going to make it um, to type one, type two, type three. That's we're going true, to yeah. make it. Now listen to my music. <laughs> the sixth extinction. <laughs> we, we, we're all gonna die. <laughs> right, dude, dude, we're, we're not gonna make it. Um, there are too many. Like we can't get to type one because there are too many obstacles at type dumb. Type we're not. <laughs> we're not. We're not gonna do it. See now, I, I, maybe I'm. Uh, can I straddle that line for a bit? Yes. yes. All right. Because because I'm kind of thinking that Darwinism is still going to have its day, right? Right. Like, right. Like like the the type dumb are gonna <laughs> are gonna are gonna keep type dumbing themselves all the way to extinction, and maybe just a few of us who are like you know type one point five living in a world of type dumbs. <laughs> might actually, might actually like survive in a few bunkers long enough to kind of clean up the mess afterwards and go. Let's not do that again. <laughs> you know what? No, it's funny because I, I really would love to see that happen. I think yeah. the issue is taken from social entropy. Taken from social entropy. Mm-hmm. The, the difference is when it comes to being dumb and and dumbing down more. We don't live in a closed system. Yeah. We're... So so we 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 we're, we're cranking out dumbasses. By the thousand, <laughs> you know. If well, we had and a also, system, you listen, know, maybe, listen. Tucson. The, the, the another problem is that we're not in nature now, so we actually preserve all the stupidest people with right. the stupidest behavior, <laughs> right. right? Right. And they right. grow in numbers and grow in numbers. They live too long, and then we create we create this marvelous technology, and we think that this is going to help, and it doesn't because you just gave them a louder voice. See the village idiot used to be alone in his sorrows. He was in this one <laughs> village being yeah. an ass, all right? And yes, there were other villages with other village idiots, but they had no way to communicate with each other, to organize, to basically promote their bullshit. Once we created the internet and connected the globe, now the village idiots have a platform to connect with one another to spread their fucking virus. Are you thinking of Alex Jones right now? <laughs> Alex, exactly. Welcome to apostasy now, everybody. <laughs> you know, like, dude, like, it's one. It, in order to kill off a virus, you have to be able to isolate it so that it doesn't like get new host 
We not we're not doing that. Not in this country. <laughs> not in America. We're not doing that. Like, no, you're electing it. We're right. look. We're, not only are we electing it, we're watching it on TV, <laughs> dude. I the national National Geographic's was my go to. It was oh, my go to yeah. channel. Yeah. Oh, I and thought you meant the magazine. Well, yeah, I had those. I had those. My my grandfather had those, and I, I actually got put onto National Geographic's from him. So when they had a you know they got a cable channel, so I'm like, oh dope because I, I can spend all day watching science documentaries about animals but I, i'll do that for entertainment i go to national geographics a little while ago and i look at a program they got on i'm like what the fuck is this shit this is woo this is complete woo yeah. and i find out that the people that at one time owned it no longer own it the new yeah. guy that got it well it's the same with the learning channel i remember the learning channel yeah. used to have some great documentaries on outer space yes. and like talking about big stars going yes. supernova and like real science stuff. Yep. And then and, and now I've got little people big world or oh my, fucking who dude. fucked honey boo boo. Like I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It's a shit show. And the reason they are out there, they're actually making money. People want to watch that. So now like I said, we don't live in a closed system of, of dumbassness. We don't. Like they are creating these stupid people and the fact that that so many americans love that because i'm gonna tell you in business it's about making a profit and a lot of these i've even seen the science channel start going the way of the dodo or history channel i've told people history channel Mm -hmm. yeah you know like i don't want to watch a bunch of hillbillies that invented a duck call doing (laughs) stuff and calling this history like just change the name of your channel like have some some self-control and decency yeah just you know like look we're making lots of money but you know what this isn't history at all Uh, so we're not going to do that to that word yeah let's not (laughs) bastardize the word uh ruin maybe some yeah you know impressionable people's minds dude it's horrible it's it's so fucking horrible and it's one of these things where i look at the demand for it and that's what scares me It's, it's much like the government we have americans can't complain this is the this is what we deserve we deserve this because this is a action reaction you got people who get, who don't even get involved in their fucking local politics the one thing the one area where you can absolutely have damn near complete control over if the people in that in that that community are, are, are up on the issues know what they want yeah. know what the, know what they want the goals and the agenda to be set as you can absolutely control your local politics and they don't instead they're watching honey boo boo meets barney or whatever the fuck it is they're they're watching they're they're watching this shit they're overly occupied with things that mean nothing and to to make it a perfect storm we've taken debate in this country and made it a complete laughing stock where if if you disagree you you can't even disagree and still be friends now but if you disagree all of a sudden, we're not friends, and I'm going to talk all kinds of shit on you, and I'm going to pass dispersions <laughs> about everything else in your life because we disagree on this one topic. Any nigga that ever looked at me wrong owes me money or ever said any jealous bullshit about me is fucking dead. Where were you when I was facing frustration? Back and forth across the floor, pacing, dream chasing, told that I was time wasting. Fucked up with my mind encased in dark thoughts, while others laughed in tall stars. Leaking blood surrounded by these fucking sharks. I do not recall a time you ever tried to lend a hand, or even sat to help me out and give your thoughts towards a plan. Suddenly, when things begin to take flight, I see a bit of daylight. You're acting like you always had my back, right? Fuck out of here with all that Johnny coming lately shit. No tolerance for it. Fall back on quickly in your face, I'll spit. Now, who the fuck is this? Rolling on 
homie with some stupid homie list Castle Christmas, shut the door, you don't exist I am unapproachable, except for those I know is true And rally right behind me every time I had a show to do Or drop some knowledge that inspired me to grow some more And I don't have to say their names, cause all of them will know the score Y'all know the routine, top of the morning fuckers I got enough dead weight, and I don't need another's Getting their feelings and start talking reckless Going at your neck like they fucking trying to steal your necklace And tell the truth for you, I saw you in a different light Like examine hotel rooms, that's under a black light I'ma be the bigger person, not play the blame game Cause you and I both know I could have done the same thing I'ma maintain, keep it moving expeditiously No more attention, I will pay no need to request a fee Basically, living glass houses their own Windex Make sure your shit is clean before you fucking try to judge the next Yeah, you try to dough, left me with a couple stars then time healed those wounds, I constructed these bars All is forgiven, but not forgetting those petty dealers Not bad for a man who wasn't in touch with his feelings Drinking this liquor while I'm on my medication uh-huh. To release the stress, aggression, and all the aggravations uh-huh. I hawks mad their opinions about how I won't make it what? They right click, scroll down, and fucking save it yeah. Cause when I was on my dick, nobody gave a shit Before I got back into hip-hop, I was contemplating licks Driving my Civic in the streets, yeah. live paper chasing uh-huh. Now I'm dedicated to Rhyming niggas say that I'm changing what? Damn man, can't seem to satisfy anybody Should all. I make my art a business or treat it as a hobby They don't know about the night I was sleeping next to my shoddy Funny how I trusted that more than I did anybody yeah. Mad, I don't shout you out or get up on your features To so be honest with you, bro, my nigga, I don't need ya no. I never asked for a favor for you to have my back, bitch So keep it moving, I don't owe your ass jack shit So y'all check this shit out, man, this shit out, man. To me, right. I would love somebody to explain to me. Um, a couple of um, students from Harvard, I think, won a debate mm-hmm. uh, competition, and they all, all the students were from minorities. Uh, so I heard I, about. Yeah, what is with the whole? <laughs> you know, like I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I do. If I knew, <laughs> I'm telling you, some of this shit. It got to a point where you know there was a time in my life when I thought I had a grasp of things. I really did. I thought, I thought, I thought that you know, generally speaking, I'm not saying everything, but generally speaking, I thought I had a grasp on things. But the older I get, the more uh, changes I've seen in in the society in which I live, and it's gotten to the point where now there's not really a whole lot you could tell me to shock me when it comes to what humans will do or believe or buy into. I see it every I'm telling you, I see it every day on social media and conversations with people. People, when I see politicians get up there and pander to the American people, the biggest way that they pander to the American people is when they start their bullshit off by saying, the American people are smart. Stop your fucking lying. You're lying. <laughs> You sir are a liar. <laughs> you are a liar. You know they. You know they're not. Come they're on. just starting off by kissing ass. That's they're what starting they're when they start that shit off that way. You know, I really have a hard time listening to anything else they're saying because I know you're fucking lying. The American people are not as smart as people are come out to be. And I hate. And the one thing I hate about the media because the media has a specific job to do, and they're not doing it. They allow these guys to get up there and spew these talking points. They're rarely challenged, and when they are, they're challenged in such a way where fact-checking means nothing anymore. This is a perfect storm, because if, if, if I can get away with saying anything and have people pawn it off, even if it's complete batshit loony crazy, and have people pan it off on two things, well, you know, um, that's his opinion, or they say, well, a lot of people agree with that, though. So is that a reason? Like, no. No. 
Really? <laughs> this, this is the new. This is the new I, dude, normal. Have you, have you seen that uh, that thing that has gone around on Facebook countering that kind of bad argument where for GMOs, uh, people are like, "Can uh, so many million Europeans be wrong?" At, you know about GMOs, oh, yeah. right? And then <laughs> yeah. they show the Nazis like at a rally. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this is a fallacy for a reason, people. Exactly. You know, it, 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 I, I see a lot of this problem again coming out of social justice circles. Like this, this whole notion of your own personal truth. Look, there are a few instances in life where I, I agree that you that people's own personal ex life experiences has relevance to a conversation. Right. For example, right. your your experience with the police has not been my experience of the exactly. police. Now, you and I would say, well, we come from economically different areas. We come from completely different cultures and countries where the police, right. police are different. They're right. trained differently. And then somebody else from one of their circles would be like, well, you're black, he's white, obviously white privilege, get your head out of your ass. <laughs> right. And, Dude, yeah. no nuance. No fucking nuance. Right. Yeah. And, no. and, and, and honestly, like my experience with the police, I'm probably belly aching, but I don't like the police in my area. They've been pulling me over since I was 16 years old. <laughs> every, every, every chance they get, they pull me over. I've got more tickets than I know what to do with. And I'm right. like, why? What did I do? Like, I mean, like I'm a law-abiding citizen. I haven't done shit. You but, need a sticker for the side of your car that says, I love the police. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but, but the point is, is that, uh, you know, when it gets into more rational discussions, things that can be fact-checked, things that right. do have hard data on them, right. your personal truth ceases to fucking matter to me, and it yeah. shouldn't matter to yeah. anybody else. I agree. I agree. You know, I like, agree. like there, there, there is no personal truth. There is the truth, the facts, right. not even the truth, because the truth alludes to that. There's nothing else. Yeah, I to hate know. that word too, by the way, like, because I hate the way it's used. Same way I hate the word spirit. Yeah. I hate the way it's used. Yeah. You know, it, like it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm sure at some point truth was a valuable word at some point, but when the wool <laughs> merchants grab that shit, like I, 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 I actively avoid websites that have the word truth in it. I'm right. gone. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm gone. Yeah, you know? I hate. It. I hate it when then you did. Uh, another word that's being used uh, in a, in a, being misused all the time as an attack weapon is equality, right? So, yeah. for instance, if I don't get on someone else's platform about what they feel is the truth, the truth about society, right? If I disagree with them, that means I'm anti-equality, right? Right. right? Exactly. So exactly. I, I actually got into an argument with a guy that I've never had problems with before. I've known him for a number of years. Um, mm -hmm. He's a skeptic, and when I told him. You know, we disagreed on this issue. It was surrounding a particular feminist issue. Uh, his response, almost right off the bat, was, uh, "You are the one with the problem with equality, right? You're the one that doesn't like equality." That wow. was his response to the disagreement. I'm wow. like, "So now I'm a bigot, right?" So you, you're <laughs> right. His well, first, his first comment, whether he meant it or not, his first comment attacked my intelligence, and then his second comment said I was a bigot. Like this is this is a skeptic, right? They go, they go from zero to asshole in sixty seconds. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I can't deal with dude, that's why I, I can't really it's one of those type of things I really don't want to have to deal with, but but because the way I was raised, I was raised to be a warrior. So yeah. I'm gonna fight with using whatever tools I'm gonna fight. And that's why, you know, it's hard for me sometimes to pull away even in situations where I know I should pull away because there's nothing to be to be gained here in this conversation with this particular person. Yeah. Sometimes I have to walk away too. I sometimes yeah, I, I'm upset with myself sometimes that I don't. Yeah, uh, I just walked away from a fight myself, so I I, I, I get it. Even and it was with my own school, so you know I kind of want to be employed. So right. I decided <laughs> right. I decided to leave it alone. But you, you, uh, picked, you picked your battle with that. Yeah. Well, I I started the fight. I kind of started the fight, and then I was warned away from it by one of the officials that kind of oversees and and manages the fight. So right. 
I don't know. I it was kind of a weird thing. Um, it's essentially it's something you would never see in the physics department. If he had studied physics, he would never have a situation where someone expected him to support their beliefs about particles that were not <laughs> based in science, right? right? And if he didn't vo- voice those things, he got a lower mark because of it, and then wanted to challenge the way he was marked, like know how it was marked and challenge this. Well, then the guy that's on his side has to look at him and go, hmm, now I know this is physics and everything, but if I were you, I wouldn't challenge this because See, that sucks. That's tough. because then you probably won't get a job. I've seen it happen. Dude, you know? that, 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 that shit there, again, like I said, it's, it's a perfect shit storm. Yeah. Like, it's, it's one thing, bad ideas, bad ideas are bad on their own. They're bad on their own. Right. But when you start propping them up with an infrastructure. Right. Yes. Right. And, and, and that's what's going on, man. That's what's going on. Here, I'll give you I'll give you the basic rundown because it's kind of interesting and it feeds into your point, your earlier point. Okay. Um, so so basically I finished this program and I finished with a three point eight nine four GPA. It's respectable. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Um, but I, I know and many of the people like who I helped throughout the program doing proofreading and, and, and helping them with their projects know that I'm a 4.0 student or more. Right. Because our scale goes to 4.1 or 4.2. Um, and so what ended up happening was in this one project, I got a 58% on my presentation and a, 68, a 68% on the written paper. Now, to be fair, it was a 17-person group, mm-hmm. and the written paper has to be composed by all members of the group <laughs> it, it, it was a shit Even show. Even that dude doesn't make that's any sense. That's a shit show. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that's yeah. So <laughs> the part that I was really torn up about though was the the presentation because from the first semester presentation I was marked on an individual basis how well I knew the material, how well I presented that material and fielded questions about my particular section. Right. This time around, my fifty eight percent was judged on the entire group. So oh, so so if some people in my group didn't perform as strongly, my mark was pulled down. Now, I don't think anyone in our group did bad. So I don't know where the justification for the 58% came from. So Mm. this brought up a few questions for me. And one of the rules of of our college is that we, we as the students have the right to know on what grounds we were evaluated. We, we are, we are entitled to a rubric um, to to show us how we were marked. There isn't one. This project wow. does not have a rubric. It doesn't have a rubric for the presentation. It doesn't have a rubric for the written portion, which means all grades that were given are subjective to the professor's impressions oh, or, or, or whatever. Yeah. So basically what I what I did is I, I did the intake form for the ombudsperson, and I said that the, the remedy I'm looking for is I want the written paper to be marked by a third party um, if not for content, then at least for like grammar, punctuation, structure, all of that. You know, I, I want an objective third party to look at this paper and tell tell that me how well it was written. Because I haven't had a paper marked below 75%, and that's honestly when I when I was sick. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, um, I think the highest marked paper I ever got was, like, I think I had two papers that were 100%, and the rest all ranged between 89 yeah. and 90. Dude, like, yeah, Smashlock. He he fucking he deserves the marks that he gets. He is a, right. a he's an A student. Right. right. So uh, not to be less than humble, but yeah, I, I I work hard and I helped other people do do proofreading and stuff. But that's beside the point. So I go into the office with all of my grievances laid out, and I said this project doesn't have a rubric. I don't know how I was graded. Right. I want to know how I was graded, and I and and I want my marks to reflect the merit of my own efforts and. 
I, I listed out about a 15-bullet-point list of things that were structurally wrong with this project, including right. that it could potentially do harm yeah. to real communities. The whole, right. problem, the whole problem is you dare to criticize in the first place. Right. And, and this guy, to his credit, I'm not going to say that he threatened me, but I think he was making me aware of a threat that exists. That mm -hmm. He said, your goal in coming to college, was it to get good grades or was it to get a job? And I said, well, obviously to get a job. And he says, if you push this, if you go forward, I will help you. But you need to understand that if anyone ever calls looking for a reference about you, they will remember this. Yeah. That's whack. I call it mob mentality. So know? basically, they it's, it's almost like you're saying they would have blackballed. Yeah, totally. Com blacklisted me completely. That's um, crazy. Now, That's of, course, crazy. Uh, of course, because he said it and not the department heads, they could always have plausible deniability. Yeah, but, but this guy who kind of rides the line between the student union and the and the faculty, he yeah. goes, you know, any person who's ever beat the system, I don't think they're working in this industry. Wow, you know, yeah. and now, this you is, see how that, that's that's insane. But I'm not. I, I wish I could say I was surprised that stuff like that happens, but I'm not. I'm, I'm just not. And and that's why I think things like human services fields. They're well intentioned. I everybody I went to school with, they want they want nothing more than to help people. Right. But they're being fed information and propaganda. Some of it is absolute horseshit. Yeah, we're probably gonna right. do uh we're probably gonna do a, a video or at least an audio track just going through some highlights from his textbook, which wow. are mind boggling. Yeah, I had this one this one textbook. One of the principal authors on it is an individual who also was one of the founding members of an organization here in Canada that was put under audit by the Canadian Canada Revenue Agency because mm -hmm. it violated their their um, charitable status because right. their their reporting and the way that they did their data collection was considered to be biased against conservative principles. Now, mm -hmm. their argument would be is that the conservative government at the time led by Harper was essentially just trying to silence dissent. But when you read the textbook written by the guy who heads up this organization, yeah, you start to really you, you really start to see that, yeah, maybe the conservatives had some there, you know? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, at one point in the textbook, it makes the claim outright that Harper uh, was the prime minister at the time. He's a conservative. That Harper was trying to establish a new world, world order. order. <laughs> <laughs> Buzzword. Yeah, Buzzword. Yeah. That's like conspiracy stuff to me. Like, yes, it is. And a lot. Of, I know we're not surprising you, but a lot. I think a lot of people don't realize the importance of this. These types of fields we're talking about that that Smashlock's going into. They're being taught this stuff, and that these people come into your homes. Yep. They deal with your children yep. Yep. right at very mm -hmm. vulnerable times in your family's existence. Um, you want these people to be data oriented and to be yeah. fact based, right? Instead, they're institutionalizing uh, bullshit. That's why, like I said, I'm not surprised because this type this type of shit happens in all fields, like especially in government. Yeah, like right. it, it happens all like they they. That's what we mean. We say something is institutionalized where there's a certain thought or narrative that is passed down when they're teaching people to get into these fields. And then when they get into the field, they already have that. They take it as a given. A lot of these narratives yeah. as a given. Anything that goes against that, even if it can be undemonstrated to be correct, they rebel against it with that bias because throughout the entire that entire system, that narrative is the dominant one. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of like that lens can become a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If yep. you if you insist that this is reality wherever you go as a professional, you'll be seeing that reality wherever exactly. you look. Yeah. Listen, uh, 
uh, again, uh, I want to steer this back to your work because <laughs> um, I have to go soon. Too. Yeah, well, I also hey, listen. Okay, so the subscription. I really want to get into talking about oh, subscription. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, big shout out to Bandcamp for them even allowing uh, me to do that. Um, matter of fact, big shout out to Graydon because he's the one that actually alerted me to the fact that they allow you to do it, and it's it's a great way to share your content with your core audience because everyone's not going to become a subscriber some people are just happy being the type of fans where when i drop an album they buy the album but with this subscription thing it allows the core fans to have access to all of my work from the first album to the current to any future ones bonus songs that i never released to the public i've i've created um little projects um eps even full albums that no one else will get except for my core audience that are part of that subscription thing. They also get inside information about the comic book, certain, I've, re I've released certain pages of it that are done. I've put on there so people can see with the artwork along with portions of the story. Um, I do a video blog um, every now and then where I'm talking about different things, showing um, like some certain inside things of how I do some of the things that I do when I create my content or places I go to. Um, sometimes I do videos where it's just me rapping on air, you know, into the mic or whatever, yeah. um, all kinds of, all, whatever content that I, I produce, they get all of that. And then some that the, my casual fan base won't get and for $5 a month, which is yeah, change they would find in their couch. This, for, <laughs> this, is a, this is a format that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, you know, when there's somebody that you really, really enjoy, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to keep connected to them outside of just the core material, like you say, I don't know, it makes sense to me. This, yeah. I don't think they had anything like this. Well, because when I was growing up, we didn't have the internet, so right. <laughs> right. Right. we were alive before the internet was commercially available. Cheer <laughs> <laughs> about it now. In thirty years, we'll be too old to remember. That's my claim to fame. My grandfather can say, "I was alive before planes were commercially available." I'm like, I was alive before the internet was commercially exactly. available. Exactly. We have something now to say. Like it's our grandkid. Yeah. Right? I existed yeah. in a long ago time before the iPhone five. Then they'll say, "Dad." Stop talking with your mouth. It's so old-fashioned. <laughs> Send it through your brain waves. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But yeah, man, I, I, I really enjoy having it because I like... See, the thing about it is I have a connection with my fan base that a lot of other artists wish they had. And I, I'm, t I'm talking from people that are super mainstream to other underground independent artists. I have a connection with my audience. My audience, a lot, many of them that I've talked to and spent any amount of time either at a show or just online, hanging out online, are people that I could hang with. You know what I mean? Like, these are the people I want to come to my shows. Yeah. I want them to come to. These are people I can, you know, they're not overly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fanatical. Right. They're mostly, for the most part, rational people, as rational as we apes can be. Like, they, <laughs> like they're mostly, and I don't have, I don't really have a lot of the issues with my fan base that a lot of other people do. And I think it has to do with the fact that because I'm so open to them, where I don't, I don't treat them like I'm up here and I'm this and that. I don't do that shit. So yeah. having this subscription thing to me is just a, a, another way of me like giving back. And it helps me as well because I use a lot of the, um, the funds I get from the subscription thing to create more content. Yeah. How's everybody doing? 
I wanted to share with you guys an episode from a podcast that Graydon Square and I are doing. It's called the Majestic Musings Podcast. What we basically talk about on here is comic books, anything comic book related, from movies to television shows, video games, and even animation. We also at times get into in-depth discussions about certain reoccurring themes that comic book writers use inside their stories. Um, if you're interested in this type of content, you can watch this live on Graydon Square's channel. I'll leave a link in the description box. Um, hope you guys enjoy it, and I'll talk to you later. Yo, yo, yo. So welcome back. Welcome back. This is episode three of the Majestic Musings of Graydon Square and Tombstone the Dead Man, also known as... Malik, Lord Entropy, and or Gray of Extropia. What's going on? Oh, man. It's always one thing or another, but I'm just glad that we're doing this show. (laughs) Yeah, man. So this is uh, episode three for us, man. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been getting a lot of positive feedback from from doing this. You know, so it's... It's a win-win combination. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely You've taken away nothing from the people who buy the albums alone. Right, and you've added something there for people who want to basically know more about you, follow you yeah. more closely. Yeah, and, and is this just for music producers, or is this for for anyone who wants to use the service? Well, on Bandcamp, it'll be mostly music, like because uh, that's usually what they have. Um, that's what Bandcamp does. It's it's a great. I'm telling you, man, you got your iTunes, you got your um, Amazon, and you got your Google Play, but Bandcamp yeah. has done more for the independent artists than any of those other digital um, stores. Yep. Way more, way right. more. I, I, as far as um, distribution, because you can sell your CDs from off of there, your merchandise from off of there, but even as far as discovery, because that's important for independent artists, underground artists, is for new discovery. Because mm-hmm. at a certain point, you're going to hit a, a glass ceiling with your audience. It's only a certain amount of people that actually follow you. You want new discovery. You don't want more people just surfing through Bandcamp to find new artists. Oh, that album cover looks interesting. Let me click on that. And you may, I've made fans that way ever since I've been up on Bandcamp. People just going through Bandcamp trying to find new music, find my stuff, message me about it, you know, and then go on to purchase and become fans from that point on. So, like I said, I, I love it. I love the Bandcamp subscription. I love it. And I would suggest to any independent artist that does have a fan base, I wouldn't suggest you try that if you don't. But if, if you do have a fan base and you have um, material, because I'm a content creator, I create more than just music. So I have stuff to, to put up there. If you're one of those type of people like that, I strongly suggest as an independent artist that you get a Bandcamp subscription service. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put links to all this stuff in the show notes like I usually do. Um, awesome. Actually, I'm going to put note, uh, also links at the very bottom of everything to uh, your previous uh, appearances on the show. Oh, awesome. <laughs> but also, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to, just by listening, just type in Bandcamp, you'll find the site, type in Tombstone's name, you'll find everything you need there, I'm sure. Nice. And, and, and we're linking all those other episodes, so I mean, there's your slice of humble pie. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've had some um, pretty stellar um, uh, appearances on this show, I must say. Like, yeah, mostly the I, ones where I, I was here. Like I'm, 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 I'm the one that holds it up. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I can't always be here. I understand. <laughs> but when you're here, man, I'm telling you, it's like well, it's magic. You, you had a huge impact on the show too because you were our first actual guest. Are you and, kidding? No, no, you were. You were in episode two, your first guest. Episode wow. one. Wow. Yeah, episode one. I was basically just going through news items and putting in some audio and stuff. I was I hadn't decided on a format. Right. But after we did our talk, you and I. 
I was like, this is what I like. I want to have guests on as much as possible. Dude, so, I could have sworn you have been doing that shit for a while because you asked really like good questions, like probing questions that allows the guests to elaborate and take it into different directions. So I, I was under the impression you had done this many, no, thanks, many times before <laughs> I did. Because I've been I've been interviewed quite a bit. I've had piss poor interviewers and I've had <laughs> I've had great interviews. Like you're one of the the really good interviewers that it, I was I was listening to um one of the shows you had adequate on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. And dude, like you was you guys had it was I learned so much and look, me and Adequate talk all the time. I learned a lot about Adequate that I didn't even know from your, awesome. your show. Yeah, like, that's, that's what it's about, man. I think what you're saying right now is the payoff, you know, coming yeah. out here and getting people to expose a side of their work. It's it, it's nice being me, too, because I get to sit here and listen to a lot of the conversation. <laughs> every once in a while in the recordings, you hear this little, uh, 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 that's, that's, that's me. That's me. That's my contribution. That's you? <laughs> Dude, because I'm telling you, like, some of them, I, I listen to, um, I listen to some of the older ones that I've been on. And I have a list, I have a document with links to all of my um, older interviews because I might need to use them for my um, bio and shit like right, that. Yeah, yeah. And um, some of that shit is just hilarious to me. Like, that <laughs> shit is really fucking funny. Well, I mean, some of the things that we got coming up on the horizon are going to be to do uh, um, a bit of a breakdown of uh, some of the things that happened out of my school. Just as an example, like, you know, it's kind of in line with, uh, I don't know if you follow Sargon of Akkad on uh youtube at all but i've heard of him but i no, i don't i've heard him but i haven't followed he he did this petition on change.org i think to Mm -hmm. shut down social justice in college and universities until the programs can be reviewed so Mm -hmm. it's kind of in line with that we're also going to try and get set up on patreon here soon enough the most popular uh we as you know we didn't start out on youtube so we started a channel and you might find this amusing by far the most popular thing on our youtube channel is only two weeks just over two weeks old it's a thing I threw together. It took me a few hours to get the clips, right? But but it's about Hitchens versus <laughs> Hillary Clinton, right? Wow. Yeah, and it's just like you. I think a lot of people don't realize he despised the Clintons, and the, one of the first things that pushed him out of identifying as politically left in the U.S. Mm-hmm. was that so many people would defend the Clintons' bad behavior so yeah. ardently, right? So he yeah. didn't be, he didn't become a conservative like some people accused him of. But the first thing that really shoved him out the door was that what he would point out, like for instance. Um, you know, that Bill had three different women that were very credible that accused him of sexual assault. Yes. Right. And that his not not he didn't head it up. Hillary headed up the goons that, ter- you know, terrorized these women. Mm. Right. And so the very first clip you see in this video is uh, him talking on the news, uh, Hitchens saying, I've always felt that this unholy alliance between the American feminists and the Clintons, you know, I, I felt that they basically given them permission to do whatever they want. So long as they uphold this position they have on abortion, yep. which is a really, you know, a really bad kind of alliance. Yeah. And anyway, I've, been... I've never been a fan of like even back back then when he was I used to talk so much shit on him. And, and, and people was like, but, but he I said, look, man, this guy is not with y'all. He's a phony. I, I always thought they were phony. And You're talking about the, the Clintons? Yeah. I always thought yeah. they were phony, dude. Like, like I, I remember being on, on, the, on the bus going the way to work, getting into arguments with people. Uh, uh, love uh, you know, like dude he's a phony uh, he can't <laughs> he's he, a phony he, listen smash lock he can't see you doing a facial impression yeah. of bill oh, like, <laughs> I, i'm aware that we're not actually on cam i'm just gonna point that out <laughs> uh, i'm aware that's uh, a fucking phony oh but yeah. it's so fucking phony <laughs> so phony. And, we're, and we're also like the the work that you do obviously you charge money for it and rightly so uh but we haven't charged anything from people uh and we're 
not going to be charging so much, but for the first time, we're going to finally open up a Patreon. That's a good idea. Because my, my financial situation is so completely destroyed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I would just like to keep making the show, right? I am now right. playing the smallest violin in the world. <laughs> <laughs> look, look I, I'm going to say this, uh, you know, because this is something that we're going to do in the next couple of weeks. And since uh, you're getting such good uh, response with Bandcamp, we're kind of hoping that we get a good response from our fan base. But it's not required. If you yeah. don't like what we do, don't give us anything. If you if you want to give us something, give us something. If you don't keep listening, it really, yeah. you know, it, it, it is and, what it is. We love, we love doing you guys it. Can, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, check Bandcamp because I'm pretty sure because this is still audio yeah. that you can start um, a Bandcamp account and do a subscription service. They're going to probably charge you like $10 a month for the subscription service, the ability to use to have that service. Yeah. But... I'm pretty sure you can do that on Bandcamp too. Oh well, we'll get to it. I appreciate that. Definitely. Uh, I I anticipate we're soon going to be as rich as Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the only one that thinks that. Apparently, the American people think that too. That's right. Rolling in nickels, rolling in nickels, (laughs) (laughs) like Scrooge McDuck on your pile of dirty dimes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes. Okay. Well. Uh, we've had you for a huge amount of time, man. And we could talk to you for another hour, but um, I'm going to try and keep this within a listable amount of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, can I just bring up one? Yeah, more absolutely. Thing? Bring it up. Um, for those of you that are interested in my some of my YouTube content, you can go to YouTube, look up Reaper Legion Network in the search engine, and you will find my other channel, other than my Rational Word channel. This channel, I deal with... The, it's a little funner, I think, man, if that's a word. It's, it's more fun <laughs> than my Rational Word channel, even though I love that channel. But I talk about comic books, yeah. um, video games. I do the uh, Watch Me Play videos. And I also um, and have incorporated some science videos on it. I just really started putting it on there. But I have like a wildlife series um, where I examine, highlight different animals from different parts of the world. And I'm um, starting um, to do museum tours. So you'll see a lot yeah. of that stuff uploaded. Dude, up there that's too. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, like I, I feel like um, there are so many absolutely free or relatively cheap areas um, but pe- that people don't even know about that are educational centers that you can take your kids and go and learn some shit and actually have a cool day out. And I think a lot of this stuff is because I, I just recently found a lot of them in my area myself. And I'm like, damn, I've been living here my whole life and didn't know that some of these places were here. So I figured it'd be a good idea to highlight some of them by, you know, taking trips to these museums with my camera. Pulling up different exhibits, talking about it, showing people, you know, that they can go to these places too. And not only museums, but like um, national preserves, parks and stuff. These are resources here in this country that I think are overlooked because we want to watch the um, Housewives of Beverly Hills or some shit. So if you're interested in that type of content, just go find my channel, Reaper Legion Network. Are you going to be wrestling any alligators for the camera when you're at a... A preserve or anything? See, I, I actually thought about that, and <laughs> there's like a preserve five minutes away from me. But I went down there looking for alligators. All I found were beaver. So, oh, well. yeah, you can still wrestle them, I guess. Oh, you were in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, I usually just leave it to beaver. But... <laughs> uh, well, hey man, it was great talking to you again. Oh, oh, always hey, a pleasure. Uh, and really quick, uh, I've been enjoying your talks with uh, Graded about comic books. Ah, yes. Oh, yes. Majestic Musings. That is our new podcast um, where we just get to geek out. Smash Lux uh, about to head out here. You want to say bye? Yep. Uh, all right, man. It was great getting to talk to you again, Tombstone. Awesome, man. It was a pleasure. All right. Yeah, have yourself a good one. Enjoy the you rest too, of your man. day.
You too. So I, I, there's a couple things you guys are talking about that you I've said in the past, I think on one of our previous shows, mm-hmm. uh, that like my brother, you're at a much higher level of intensity for knowing comic books than I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, just a fucking geek for that. Yeah, it's, I like I, I love comic book stuff, but I've just never gotten as literate, I guess, you know, or as familiar mm-hmm. with all. But there was a there was one thing you guys talked about that I, I learned actually from my brother. And there's a, a comic book YouTube channel you might like called uh, Comics... Explained? Explained, yes. yes I'm all know. over. I love yeah. <laughs> that channel, dude. Can I just say what? I love YouTube in general. Yeah. I know a lot of people have issues with it because they've been on there too damn long. And people will find a way to bitch and moan about any damn thing. But YouTube has become a valuable resource for entertainment and in some cases, depending on which videos you're watching, education. I love but, YouTube. I love the medium. It allows a guy like me to be able to create content and not have to deal with any television networks. I can put it shit up there, promote it on my own, do, you know, whatever I like up there within certain uh, uh, guidelines. And I love, I fucking love that. I love YouTube. I love content creators of any kind. That's why I respect what you do. I respect people that do all kinds of podcasts because that is the new medium for television. This is the new medium. Yeah, absolutely. But the one thing that they need to get straight is the way they do copyright claims. Oh, dude, I was just complaining about that earlier. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But you're right. It's become something we take for granted. It's become so successful and so important. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, if people like my website, my audio work, anything that I do, I consult with Google and with YouTube on a regular basis to learn all of that stuff. Absolutely. Dude, I'm self-taught in so many different um, things in order to run my business. Yep. And a lot of that came from YouTube tutorials, what, you know. This is free content that these people are putting out there, and I think it's respectable. Yeah, there are copyright issues because I hate that shit too. When I'm doing a watch me play video and the game has music, duh, the game has music. (laughs) You know, and all of that is a pain in the ass. But overall, if I was to put it on a scale, the benefits far outweigh any liabilities or any things that annoy the fuck out of me. So and they, you guys certainly aren't going to run into trouble with that when you're, when you're just discussing things and creating your own images. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I, well, for instance, I put up, I put up our theme song and we started putting our stuff onto to YouTube. I still need to catch up on that. Yeah. But one of the things I put up was just our theme song. The, the whole theme song is about three minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some company automatically tried to ding it for copyright. Crazy, I man. yeah I copy I created this on my computer <laughs> and they're and they're saying that it's oh it's ours by the way this is ours yeah I was like this is crazy so I said look you know everything I created either uh, I made the sound myself I took an audio clip off someone else who's not part of any music group like you know right like, like Dawkins is on it for instance like he's not copyrighted by a music exactly group. exactly I said everything else I had the original file for the song with the, the timestamp and everything yes. so back the fuck off and I said the person who I, I get this. Uh, all the musical stuff you're hearing in there, almost all of it comes from Apple. So if you don't release this claim, I am going to send a request to Apple to take this up with you. Wow. They don't yeah. want that trouble. They, don't so want they, they released it right away. <laughs> they don't want those troubles at all. You know, it's funny because when I upload music, my own music, yep. up to my YouTube channel, I get copyright. Um, yes. What they basically do, and I know why this is, mainly because... Um, I distribute my music through TuneCore mostly. And when they take uh, that the position that, oh, this is copyrighted material, they're going to put ads on it and all of that, all of that money goes back to me because TuneCore is collecting all of that. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're in about claiming it on yourself. <laughs> yeah. So not only did, did TuneCore create a uh, Tombstone, the Dead Man channel on YouTube with all of the music that I've distributed from TuneCore is up on that channel. They do that 
not only do I get paid for the views off of that, when I post my own music on my channel, which has considerably more subscribers than that, because most people don't know about the Tombstone, the Deadman music channel, because I don't promote it like that. So I still wind up getting uh, ad money coming to me every month because they collect all of that for me. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So I imagine that a number of people have experienced that. It's, yeah, it's, it's a loophole it's also, that they didn't think about, I think. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's also an indicator that uh, the service is doing their job. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And they're it's like, one of those things, man. They're like, this bastard is using your music, but don't worry, we, we got him. And you're like, <laughs> good, you. job. <laughs> good job. Good job. I, I swear, man, like I said, it, I have plenty of other YouTuber friends that are just really starting out with their YouTube experience. Yeah. And they don't have the subscriber base yet that I'm sure they want to get. And they always come to me to ask about uh, the YouTube thing because I've been on there for, I've actually been on YouTube since like 2007. Um, I had another channel and um, I, the Rational Warrior channel has been up since 2009. Yeah. And yeah, I've been on there for a while. I've seen people come, I've seen people go. But I always, like, the moment I first started using it, I saw the potential in the media. I was yeah, like, absolutely. this is going to be powerful. And now that it is, I'm just trying to grow my, uh, especially my Reaper Legion channel. I want six, I want six-figure subscriber count on there eventually. That's my goal on that channel. Yeah, be awesome. And, and I look, I'm so close to it. I got like 350. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so close. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while to upload everything. Okay, so jumping back really quickly, uh, you had mm -hmm. mentioned... Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. So I don't know if you know this, but uh, what happened with uh, with the Ultimate Universe is they started drawing intentionally. The artist started drawing yes uh, the character as Samuel L. Jackson, right. and Samuel L. Jackson's people apparently actually approached Marvel with mm. the t with the tone of "You didn't get permission for this. Uh, we might have to move towards a lawsuit over this wow. issue." Yeah. Now it wasn't threatening, but it was very serious, right? right. The overtone. So when Disney uh, and Marvel with their productions were like, hey, don't worry, we'd love to have you as, <laughs> then it became a plus, right? Then everything was dropped. It's like, no problem, man. Now it's, it's working for our client, right? So it's so that was very, work. yeah, it was very interesting. They took a real risk and it managed to pay off. But if Disney hadn't bought them and like their production stuff hadn't worked out, it could have ended up being a lawsuit over image use. I agree. It probably would have happened. Um, and that, that would have been terrible for them as a company because they've had, they had issues um, with bankruptcy and, and shit like that before. Yep. So it's DC Comics, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of them things where, you know, the love of comic books is much like the love of wrestling. It has peaks and valleys. Um, there, there are certain points in time when wrestling is just at the top of the popularity thing where it, it has transcended its own genre to people who don't even watch it but know the names of some of their yep. characters on it. That's, that's how the comic book world is now. And for me, I'm loving life at this point because most of the things that I wanted to see happen in movie cinema with comic books, they're happening. So yeah. this is this is my time, man. Like I'm seeing, there are people out there. I've been a geek for years that I had to hide, hide it at some point, of course, because the people I was I was around growing up, they wouldn't have understood a lot of that shit. But the truth is, I see a lot of people now want to be geeks, and it yeah. hasn't always been that. <laughs> it's not no. always been that at all. But so. yeah, see, younger people, they don't know that, right? Right. It's the world they've always known. Right. They, don't, I, they don't get dude, it. Dude, when I was a kid, and my father would watch old uh, black and white westerns all the time, mm -hmm. uh, and this is before widescreen, right? We are in the country, so we had an antenna. Right. right? So <laughs> a lot of black and white stuff. At some point, I said to my dad, what was it like when everyone rode horses and everything was black and white? Because you were... like in real life, I thought, right? This is everyone was black and white back then. It yeah, was no... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, 
Wow. And that's how they, that's, that's pretty much how a lot of kids that are born, I was saying, especially in the last 10 years, a lot of things, man, that, that we had experiences because, you know, uh, there are paradigm shifts that happen so quickly yeah. now because of the technology. They're not going to even have a reference point for a lot of the shit that, that we saw. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the perspective that's going to become more and more like quick. Technology is changing things faster and faster. And yeah. young, young people are the ones that adapt to the quickest. Yeah, they do. They do. Typically, I, I've just run across a bunch of Luddite kids, though. Um that are really not, and I, I look at them and go, dude, I'm 47. There's no way I should know more about this shit than you. <laughs> and of course, the argument I would get from some of them is that, well, that's part of your uh, your content, your your job is, you know, you, you're on the top of all of that shit. That's part of content that you put out. I said, yeah, but even if it wasn't, I would have still been into it. Like, you grew up with it. Like, you realize I grew up at a time where you had to put your finger in holes on a, t- a telephone and watch it spin all the way around and then come all the way until <laughs> you get to the next and, it, and if someone picked that thing up and hit you in the side of the head, that was it. Would it. Kill you. it would kill you. <laughs> I grew up with that, man. I grew, like, the way people now, which is why I have absolutely no tolerance for ignorance, because most of it's willful. Yeah. Because there was a time where if I wanted to know some shit, I had to dig into volumes of encyclopedias to find certain shit and it didn't update that often so you could still be wrong because there's current shit that eclipses this the um current understanding is a lot more detailed now you can pick your phone up go to your google and if you have been been trained to think skeptically and have a, a methodology that allows you to shift through the bullshit you can find the answer you know, yeah. this is stuff that, that I didn't have as a kid growing up. And I see these kids with that. I thought, yo, there's no reason for you to be a dumbass. Yeah. No reason. Yeah, just just focus on it. I mean, not you, it, it costs money uh, to get into like the science scholarship yeah. Uh, yeah. type of academic peer-reviewed uh, journals and stuff like this. Right. But and, and companies will keep information themselves. But generally speaking, information has never been so available. Right. You know, like make an effort. And even if you, like a lot of stuff I've done by listening to experts, like for instance, on psychology, I'm not a psychologist. Right. Right. But I've learned a lot from listening to experts mm-hmm. so that now a lot of the really stupid stuff I used to consider as plausible. You can I, pluck that out. Now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, man, it, it's awesome. And that's why when I, I took exception to um, Prince E's tech video, because what it does is it plays on. It plays on a couple of different um, aspects of the human psyche. One, the idea that, you know, change is scary. You know, that whole yeah. thing, it plays on that. It also plays on on the humanity's uh, uh, compulsion to blame other things outside of themselves for um, situations. Now, yeah, there are situations that we have absolutely no control over, but there are a lot of things that we are absolutely the authors of. And we'll put the blame on something else. We'll say, oh, no, it was the computer that did that. It was social media, this whole website thing here. This did that. No, it's human interaction with technology. This is the fault. It's not the technology itself. And that's why I'm one of of those rare people that feel like, and I get into conversations with this with some of my family members all the time, um, if they can do it, they should. That's how I feel, man. You can build it, build the shit. Right. Okay, so anything else you want to leave at the end of the uh, the talk now? Oh no, I think I think that's pretty much it. I've talked about my channel. Uh, we brought up majestic musings thanks to you. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good. Awesome. You chose the way of the hero, and they found you amusing for a while. The people of this city, 
But the one thing they love more than a hero is to see a hero fail, fall, die trying. In spite of everything you've done for them, eventually they will hate you. Don't see me as a cookie cutter, do gooder than you used to. Rough around the edges, break the rules, only to speak the truth. And it's never in the format that's designed to make you comfortable. For those who criticize my methods, I've heard enough from you. Rockin' no capes, no catchphrases, no smiley faces No tolerance for your ignorant statements And zero patience for that bullshit that y'all stay with So I attack it frequently with no cut cards Cause you frauds be lacking decency In fact, don't even speak to me I'm busy on my mission to make things the way they need to be A vigilante secretly Moving the scene and uninhibited Unrestrained so I'm not limited In the ways the justice is distributed I watch the way you picketed And sit outside marching with your little signs Wasting time but nothing changing ended it Desperate times call for desperate measures If you're not about it they gon' shrug their shoulders no matter how loud you go and shout it They can make a pretty speech, and they be all lies So when I speak the truth, these people want me tongue-tied Sometimes the rules are weak because it helps the wrong side So fuck the good guys, I'd rather be an anti-hero 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 See, this is how the problem starts. The evil villains are at large, but get away with everything because the villains are in charge. You get mad at me because my language you feel is so hard, but somehow can't get angry at people that kept you down hard. It's crazy because the lazy ones will use this language every day, but do it to a beat and watch them curse you for the things you say. Censor all of your thoughts, and even if they feel the same way, or both you for a show, but then get scared and say you can't play. My music is my anger manifesting, flowing constantly. And just because you're not enraged, it don't mean something's wrong with me. It means that something's wrong with you, or maybe everything is Cool when you don't mind the things that's going on Cause you're a fucking fool I think you're too accepting of the fuck of shenanigans So when I overturn the apple cart You start to panic and imagine if Men not scared of conflict started vanishing You wouldn't fight to save your life You stand there like a mannequin They can make a pretty speech And they be all lies But when I speak the truth These people want me tongue-tied Sometimes the rules are weak Because it helps the wrong side So fuck the good guys I'd rather be an anti-hero I'd rather be an anti-hero I'd rather be an anti-hero Now there's a time for conversation, but there's a time for getting gritty And shooting arrows to their face, and then you failed this city You can dance around these issues diplomatic if you want to But the villain's not respecting that shit, and it will stun on you Spit a crazy monologue about how they're above the law Because the world just needs to die, they're the ones to do it all But everything around you falls and you're succumbing to your fear The last thing that you hear is this laughter that's ringing in your ears Fuck that, I'm coming through blazing, two guns gripping Clipping, put the bad guy in the ground all while he was eagle tripping Then go out the fire escaping, dash down that Alleyway by dodging those police helicopters that wanna make me pay. Ignoring all discussions about tactics and repercussions. Fuck them, just the only justice I know because the system bluffing. If you really knew what I knew, you'd do the same thing to every preacher, fake politician that tried to play king. They can make a pretty speech and they be all lies. So when I speak the truth, these people want me tongue tied. Sometimes the rules are weak because it helps the wrong side. So fuck the good guys, I'd rather be an anti hero. I'd rather be an anti hero. I'd rather be an anti hero. Excuse me, I'm Eric Lynch. Sounds like Xavier. Go fuck yourself.